are now. About to witness. The awesome. Crushing. Might have. The kid is sleeping. Yeah, my timing is up. Stop Welcome, my friend. To a show that thing never ends. Two. Four. Seven. Of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. But first, let's have Bob Riley sing us in. As he has every week since 2007. Stigmata is the name of the band. Intro All of Nothing is the name of the tune. Off of the record Calling of the Just. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub. Hit your car with a hammer. And run your mayor pro tem out of town on a rail. Believe it. Listen. Listen well. Taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and for always nothing. Uh, oh no, not that again. I can't stop it. It's like the sorcerer's apprentice. Apparently, somebody told me I say that strangely. Sorcerers. They said, what are you saying? Like like a sauce, like a flying sauce. I said, I don't, I can't explain Brooklyn to you, my friend. You know, the sorcerer's apprentice. That's what it is. He goes, there's no such thing as a sorcerer. I go, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not hearing what you're hearing. So we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. But first of all, no commercial radio. It's right here. No more commercials. You know what that means. Um, those of you who know what it means have been doing the right thing. Those of the rest of you will find out the hard way. That's all I'm saying. It's not a threat. It's not a warning. It's just a statement of facts. But let me go back a little bit in time to explain to you why those of you with the discerning ear understand and know to your core that I'm speaking strangely today. Okay. So Anna Paula Martin, the esteemed filmmaker, was here last week, took Oxbow to the beach to make the fifth video for Oxbow's Love's Holiday, this one for a record, a song called Gunnel. And yes, that is how you pronounce a word that is spelled G-U-N-W-A-L-E, Gunnel, the last song on the record. It should tie it all together for you in a very specific singular way. So uh, uh, one of the things I thought it was nice to do under normal circumstances, I don't really... There's no full file folder in my head that says nice to do. 
I never think of these things. I generally never do these things. It's not out of an excess of unkindness. It's just I'm focused on the next thing, you know, next thing, next thing, next thing. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. But I decided to take them out to dinner because she shows up with her husband, who is also the guitar player from Bunuel. Now it might start to make sense to you. So my perverse sense of humor says, I'm going to take some Italians who eat Italian food every day of their life, 6,000 miles, and I'm going to take them to an Italian restaurant. <laughs> right? It's a restaurant I like to go sometimes, Cafe Pro Bono. Nice restaurant. I said, man, you got to go in there. I want you to, I want you to, uh, you know, and I got this weird thing with languages. I want you to speak that Italianish to them. Just blow them away. So the guy comes over, water to the table. I said, ask him for a menu. So he asked for a menu in Italian. The guy was, he says, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm from Turkey. Yeah, okay, so he's Turkish. He's been masquerading this whole time as an Italian. All right, the only people who know he's not Italian are people who attempt to speak Italian with him. I said, yeah, okay, well, maybe this one guy, you know, one guy. Second guy who, you know, every time I go in there, he's always pounding up to me. He comes up. I go, hey, I brought some friends in from Italy. And uh, my friend says, uh, Bonacetta. And the guy's like, ah, I'm I'm from Crete. (laughs) Okay. Now, the waiter, who's been dealing with me the whole time, almost exclusively, has a a nice accent. (laughs) Exactly. Nice accent. And I figure, you know. And so Jabi, Jabia starts speaking. Jabia, who speaks five languages, Spanish Basque, French Basque, Spanish, Catalan, French, English, six languages, starts speaking to the guy in Italian. And the guy goes, ah, I'm sorry. In non-accented English, he says, I don't, I don't speak Italian. So the guy who's been my waiter the whole time has been masquerading as Italian. I look back in the kitchen, all the cooks are Mexican. I go, what a fucking fraud this is. What a fraud this is. And I started to think, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who says you have to be Italian to make Italian food? I've been to shitty Italian restaurants in Italy. Who says? So I will continue going to Cafe Provono. And I will look them in the eye and I hope that they return the look to me with no shame at all. But I tell you this story to say that I went out, took the kid. You know, my kids are from my, my I'm one of those people. I'm not one of those hard heads who takes kids to restaurants. I take the kid to the restaurant because I know the kid's not going to act up because I said, you act up. We're going to be eating this meal in the car. You in your car seat and me bitterly in the front seat. Do you understand? Yes. Talk. She says to me, which is Polish for yes. But I'm eating, I'm talking, you know, it's a very Italian table at this point, talking and eating, and I bite the fuck out of the inside of my cheek. And you can see it's swollen on this side. Because, of course, once you bite the inside of your cheek, it swells and you keep biting it. Moreover, if you refuse to take any days off of jujitsu, well, you can tell people, be careful with this side of your face. But, you know, I I train on a pirate ship. So saying I have problems with this side of the face single-handedly guarantees that somebody's going to throw a chin into it, an elbow into it, not accidentally, on purpose, and accidentally. 
So now I'm using this stuff. This item's like a commercial for them. I just, it says it's a toothache gel, oral pain reliever, astringent. So I took a heavy dose of it before the show so I could speak to you. However, it's having the unintended consequence of making it difficult to speak to you. But I will soldier on. There are no commercials. So I just spent eight minutes explaining to you why I sound strange. If indeed I do sound strange, I believe I do. But this this is not a continuation of last week where uh, uh, we get, took our hats off to, I think I can reveal his name, Eric Martin, a listener of the show who is dead. Um, I'm never sure when people are dead and I'm never sure when people are really dead, but this is, this is, this is, this week has ended up being a week of a certain, another certain type of death. I don't know. I'm hoping this is not news for you, but that there's been a major positional shift at bloody elbow. Didn't (laughs) you didn't expect it, JB. Well, there you go. (laughs) Uh, and uh, up to and including, if you watched, uh, if the shoes fit this week, had a guest appearance by the most recently recently laid off. Um, yeah, yeah, man, there's nothing nothing to watch, and I, I'm going to talk about that. Mr. Is is here, and Mr. Is is part of the topic actually. So, um, so they laid off Kidnate. Those of you who are historical completists might know that uh, when Combat Music Radio stumbled, and Combat Music Radio was the online radio station started by Scott Kelly, formerly of Neurosis, um, and it stumbled because some major portion of it went down, like the server or something, and nobody had the time, interest, know-how, inclination to fix it, so we all just were free. I did a show there called Knuckle Up, for those of you old heads, and uh, uh, at a certain point, Kid Nate was dialed enough in to say, hey, they're they're out. Maybe we should snag this guy, Eugene Robinson. I think maybe uh, he had reached out to me before and I had been on one of his shows before me. Uh, the regulars at that time were me, Dallas Thomas, uh, uh, Zane Simon. Yeah, Zane. <laughs> Dallas Thomas. Let me tell you about that guy. These are old memes from the old show. If you if you if you know what I'm talking about when I said those, then uh, you've been listening for a long time. Yeah, they, thank you. Oh, oh, look at Finley beaten with the fucking win. That was I was MMA Tete. Good for you. So, uh, um, so kid kid Nate is gone. Not only gone in this completely shitty. Keep in mind, this is the same corporate America that spent a decade a decade telling us. Hey, we're like family here. We, you, me, we're like family. Whatever you think about, you see that pool table out there? Does the workplaces have that? No, ours does because we're like family. You see those beanbag chairs out there? Those multicolored beanbag chairs? You know why we have those? Family. We're like family. Oh, by the way, you got 15 minutes to get the fuck out of this building. That's what happened to Kid Nate, and there's no surprise in case you haven't picked up on it. I have been laid off as well. No longer, no longer a a, a, a VP at the Wong Duty. I'm how retained as a consultant uh, to work on something with the co-founder who didn't know I was being laid off. We'll get into this later. I'll give you all my business on the air. 
Kidnate is at, at, uh, out in the bricks. And then I get an email from some uh, VP at uh, at Vox saying, "Yeah, I don't know if you if you if you heard, but and uh, look at Mister Is too." <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it means. And uh, end of the month, so everything, the paychecks, in other words, will keep coming to the end of the month. But realize, of course, because the whole Aussie uh, uh, um, boondoggle, I couldn't really. And this is one where I admitted, I think that they had a case. They're like, you know, I understand side hustles, Eugene, but you do know that you're working for the competition. I go, what? The competition, Vox, you're working for Vox. I go, what? So you wanted me to do an MMA show that I sit around at my home on Sunday in my underwear and do, is that what you're saying? It's like, well, no, but you know, you just can't be working for the competition. Does, is any company in America, if you had the New York Times, would they allow you to do this? Allow. What I do on Sunday is my own time, is my own business. So we were gotten a philosophical cul-de-sac with the Aussie people about what I could do and couldn't do. And so as a preemptive strike, I did a few things. A few things happened. I don't say I was always driving it. Um, if I did it, which was the other half of the If the Shoes Fit show, was shit canned. That was on Bloody Elbow. Tete, Bloody Elbow. So I was off of there. Then we switched from Care Don't Care with Steph's show, of which I was a frequent guest. I was guesting. I was guesting. So on my show, they just called me. I'm a media figure. I get calls all the time. You could I took Knuckle Up off of Vox. Did not set myself aflame as I had promised, but turn, turned it into the show stomper. Did it on, on my own YouTube channel and out. So they couldn't make my own business. If the shoes fit, same. Alexi took it outside of Bloody Elbow. So there's only one portion of this pie, of this entire pie that resides on BE, though they did pay me monthly. And that is Care Don't Care. Now, oh, the beard is gone, bro. Um, the beard is gone. I told you if you, you've been out, that's how I know you're out. It was with the video where I had to play the watcher also known as the, uh, 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 it's kind of, at, least, at first I was supposed to be like a ship's captain watcher, but I grew the beard and I grew the hair and all of that is gone, 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 gone. Mm -hmm. And there's some comedy with the hair, which I'll share with you later next week because I don't want to jinx anything and I got some shit happening. Uh -huh. So, A couple of things could happen. Though they gave Kid Nate 15 minutes to get the fuck out of the building, they did send a perfectly reasonable email. And what they said is, um, our ad sales are down like they are for everybody, but we're going to jettison BE. However, we're in plans. I mean, jettisoning it or not jettisoning it, this is sort of immaterial based on how this shit is structured. I mean, we are fully willing and interested in and offloading the URLs to those who are still interested in doing the job. Okay, so are we in the same situation that Combat Music Radio was in? I don't know. It certainly seems like there's a level of interest there, but I don't know how reasonable or unreasonable the people at Vox are willing to be. Are they trying to lighten their load and prepare themselves for a sale? So they're trying to doctor books and doctor is the wrong word. Try to massage. That's a wrong word. Trying to improve their financial outlook 
is maybe a better way to put it. Don't know. There's a possibility a kid Nate could be able to take it over. You'll ask me, Eugene, didn't this happen with Skull Game? Those of you who, who really are completists will remember Mac Avenue Skull Game. You know, Mac Avenue Skull Game, short skullgame.com was a porn review site started by Ilan Bunimovitz from GameLink. He called me in-house, said, I'll give you four grand a month to start, uh, uh, like call it a porn Yelp. Well, he didn't say porn Yelp because I just say yeah to everything. And Game Link, I thought was games. Until he said, let's have a face-to-face -face meeting and iron out the final portion of the deal. And I walked through an office and it was like I was walking through an adult bookstore. And then as I was walking up to his desk, I was thinking, I really should have done my homework. <laughs> uh, I, I go, unless I've lost my mind, every single computer monitor I walked by had video images of people fucking on them being watched by people who sat at those terminals. Yeah, man, I guess I should have figured that out. So he said, I wanted to start, and this is what we started, Skull Game. It became like a porn onion before its time. Very funny. Very funny. <laughs> so at one point, the guy starts to try to clip my wings a bit. He's like, you're making a lot of fun of Arnold. I go, yeah, he just he's really open for it. I go, yeah, but that guy's going to end up the governor of California. It's going to cause me problems. I said, get the fuck out of here. He's not going to get elected governor of California. What are, you, what are you out of your mind? Yeah, there you go. JW's got a shirt. And of course, Arnold became governor of California. And then Bonimovitz goes, you know what? You know what? I want to kill it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to pay you anymore. I said, all right, I'll tell you what. Why don't you let me purchase it? And he goes, oh, that's a, that's a good idea. I go, great, because I'm having too much fun doing it. I don't want to stop. He goes, great, it's yours. Okay, how much are you going to charge me? He goes, how about that last month's paycheck? I said, so essentially $4,000. He goes, yeah. I go, okay, deal. So I waved my last, my last thing, drove off with a whole entire, and he goes, and get this. I'm not going to pay you the last month. It's yours, and I will still provide you all the porn you need to run the site. How can you say no to that? I'd pull up. I'd pull up to the garage, and they would take one of those big, like, uh, HVAC tubes, and the guys upstairs would, like, pull pull, uh, pull some kind of, like, sheath <laughs> and just a flow down this big tube that was about this big <laughs> until my trunk was full. Close it. I get stopped by the cops once, and I say, ah, oh, my wallet's in the trunk. And they go, okay, well, I'll let you get it. And so I get out, open the trunk, and they see just a sea fucking porno and these like suddenly 30 year old cops become 12 year old boys again they're like <laughs> and you know they wanted to ask but what the fuck are you gonna ask <laughs> and also i had weird shit in there too like i was taking a bunch of my kids dolls to goodwill or something so there was like all this porn and kids toys so it looked very fucking suspect but the guys what were they gonna say i show them the license and they're like yeah and I was like, hey, you know, you got, you see anything you like, go ahead and take it. Because the reality of it is running a porn review site is super fucking difficult. You think I'm friends with a lot of dudes? Say, hey, man, you want to review some porn? And everybody's like, yeah, let's review porn. And then you show up at the house with 20 DVDs and dudes are like, oh, 
or old. Because most guys are only watching porn for five minutes at a time. They haven't really drilled down into the nuts and bolts of the job. <laughs> I had streamlined it. I put a put a put it on QuickTime, put a little a little picture in the corner, and go about the rest of my business. And anytime I was doing whatever else I was doing, I'd look up and pay attention to it. I go, well, that means it's good. If the whole thing plays and I don't pay attention to it, then that sucks. And that's how we reviewed them. But I, 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 I digress. Kid Nate could do this. Take the URLs. I don't know how it works in terms of the payment, but then suddenly we're in a weird space. I don't know what ad, who gets the ad revenue that comes in at that point. And I, I'm pretty sure that there's no payroll associated at that point. So you just become free. Whereas with the porn thing, a lot of the people who got the porn then resold their porn. I was making a tidy sum with a guy in the UK, like $400 a week of selling, reselling the porn to him, sent him the DVDs. He had a, a he shrink wrapping the thing and put, and he would sell them in England. Apparently it's not that easy to get in England. And then he moved to Dubai and he goes, the business has got to stop. I go, why not? He goes, cause I don't have my hands chopped off. I go, Oh, Oh, um no no i think i think the 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 rating system uh for skull game it's it's hidden on the web i haven't pulled it down because i don't want to see it i I think it was uh, i want to say little dick emojis but that that could be me confusing it with hustler you know there's so much garbage in my head i don't remember little dicks corrections hard on something like that and we had a we had a, a pretty diverse staff. We had a lot of women review uh, reviewers. Uh, I don't remember anything but their screen names, uh, mostly because I gave them their screen names. So there was Hot Box, who was a lawyer in San Francisco. <laughs> Hot Box. Sorry. <laughs> eh, sorry. There are a couple of. It was a great. It was a great time. It was a great decade. So maybe Kid Not Day can pull that off and offload. Uh, but you understand what this means downriver or upriver, as the case may be. Now, BJPen.com and some of the other sites, you know, some of these aggregators, some of these sites were owned by multiple people. Bloody Elbow and Vox, Vox owned more, like MMA, I think they own a couple of them. Have they decided that that Bloody Elbow is, uh, Bloody Elbow has millions of views. It is, is it less profitable or does it just carry more overhead? Doing a fundamentally different job task and just reprinting the UFC's uh, press releases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but you understand that all of this dovetails quite nicely to stuff that we've been talking about unintentionally. Unintentionally, it's not like I'm not. This is not a raga in this instance. Not like I'm, you know, plan. Like this is all weaving together in some grand plan. You know, I guess. I, I, I'm guessing that the whole smoke and fire thing have started to add up, right? A woman who jumps off of you know, custom-made luxury yacht in Ibiza because she thought she was about to be murdered by one of the premier attractions of a sports organization whose head slapped up his wife in public and one of his fighters is in jail in Mexico for murdering his girlfriend. I mean, these things start to to add up and John Nash had a perfect analogy for it. He goes, it's the bed of nails analogy, right? 
throw yourself on the table with one nail protruding from it, you might cause yourself some pain. Put a two, two or three more now. You put you put a hundred nails in a board upright, and you could sit on it quite comfortably. Trent Reinsmith got a hold of it and said, "Yeah, are we going to ignore this?" I tweeted out, "I go, yeah, don't pay attention to this, the attempted murder on the yacht, on the luxury yacht, because that opens up a whole different conversation about the nature of capital and power." But let's talk about the fender bender, the bicycle accident. And I don't want to be nuts, about to be nuts. It's not entirely clear to me that the bicycle accident wasn't a fucking work. There's been no effort made to find the the the, the perpetrator, perpetrating driver. There have been no photos. There's a photo of the accident. No photos of the license plate. No attempt to track this man down. No questions asked about whether uh, uh, accused anal rapist uh, Connor McNuggets is a regular bicycle rider. They have a helmet on. These are things he saw. Now the narrative is Roadhouse, and now you say Roadhouse, huh? This is a big film. It's a remake of the Patrick Swayze special. Uh, 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 and also Endeavor. What do they do again? Oh, they're a talent agency. That's right. A lot of cooks in this kitchen now. A lot of friends at newspapers. They might like stories like that, but stories that they don't like, luxury yacht, attempted murder stories. Like Dr. Dre said about working with Death Row, Death Row Records, sometimes you're at a party and you realize it's not the party you should be at. Care or don't care, which we record on Sundays, you know, next week's fight, which is Derek Lewis and Spivak, there were two cares on the fight. The opening fight, and the closing, here, let's do it. the opening fight and the closing fight. Mr. Is made the bold move. You may not know this. Mr. Is made the bold move, and he he's uh, he's out. He's out. He's out of MMA. I, I said, I feel like doing it now, but Johnny Boney Joni is the only one keeping me there. He fights in March. Why don't you leave? Why are you leaving in March, Mr. Robinson? Why are you sticking? Well, because I got the memoir coming out. You say, yeah, the people who listen to the show who already who already listen to the show have already pre-ordered. I said, that's not the point. The point is, you know, the point is I got I got heavy people depending on me, specifically the people at the publisher. If you're going to be one of those cats who puts out a book and then sits back ah, and thinks the publisher is going to do it all, you're wrong. It's not the way it works. It'll bust your ass. So I'm in for 2023. Johnny Boney Joni is looking at three more fights. He says Stipe is looking at one or two more fights. We're at the tailings. Do I give a shit about, you know, do I suck up Jamal Hill? Maybe. Fighting Jiri? Maybe. MMA journalist a canary in the coal mine. Which which coal mine? <laughs> I mean, MMA journalism doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You know how I know it doesn't exist? Because I used to sit cage side. You know when I stopped sitting cage side? When I stopped signing their fucking stupid releases. You remember the story about Joe Silva trying to get me, me to take my shirt off because I had, what? A skull game URL on my shirt. I said, you want me to sit here shirtless? That won't be good for ratings. 
or alternatively, it would be very good for ratings. <laughs> he goes, all right, well, just don't stand up. I go, what if I have to pee? Give me a cup. He's like, did you, you know. <laughs> so then they start to have this thing that you have to sign. I got to tell you, honest to God, I've said this before. Can't Donald Shalala be on my own show. But having met the president, Bill Clinton, and having gotten cage side at the UFSI, I can tell you it was much harder to go cage side, cage side at the UFSI than it was to meet the president of the United States of America and not just meet, have dinner with him. You know, so make of this what you would. MMA journalism died that year. Eddie Goldman, who was one of the first guys who I met in as an MMA journalist, and we're talking about UFC two or three, was out a long time ago. He was out. He was out when the bald one made a tactical decision, much like Steve Jobs, who was totally contemptuous. I used to work at Mac Life Magazine, and Steve Jobs, who I used to work with at Apple, was totally contemptuous of Mac Life and Mac User and and all these you know all these other Mac magazines. He would call them fanzines. He had no time for it. He had no time for it. you guys were so far inside the fence. You were outside the fence. You know. Uh, the memoir only covers uh, birth to twenty seven. <laughs> so if you want to know about my time with the president, you go to the uh, look what you made me do. Sub, Eugene S. Robinson Substack. You type in Bill Clinton and you'll see a piece I did called The Big Balls of Bill Clinton or some such title like that. So uh, uh, the Baldwin at a certain point adopts the same attitude and goes, you know what? Grappling Magazine, all these, all these kind of uh, martial, we don't fucking need you. You know what we need? We need Vanity Fair. We need Rolling Stone. And I knew, I knew exactly when that happened. I knew exactly when that happened. Because I was hanging out with Evan. Who, who's the guy who wrote Generation Kill? Somebody look, look that up for me. Evan, I want to say Smith. I don't think that's his last name. He was a writer for Rolling Stone. And he was doing a big Rolling Stone feature on um, uh, Tito Ortiz. Um, yeah, we'll get to that soon, too. The New York City punk band, Tom Berlain dying. So he was doing, and he, he and we were hanging out. We had friends in common. And... Uh, and he didn't have to sign Evan Wright. Thank you. He didn't have to sign any of the shit that I had to sign. And his, his perceptive comment about Tito has been nothing but nice to me, but I can't help shake the feeling and the sense memory that he was like the, every single person I hated in high school. <laughs> so, uh, but that was the point. That was the point. Evan Wright was there. Eddie Goldman was not. They were not given credentials to MMA press before. And I think there was a direct quote that the bald one had said, fuck MMA press. Don't need it. I get my pieces in Vanity Fair. I get them in Time. I get them in Rolling Stone. I don't, that's, MMA press is not what I need. The business is built on the 30-day plans. The business is not, is not built on hardcore fans. Very few businesses are built on hardcore fans. And this is why Trump will not win in 2024, because it's come down to hardcore fans. That's not where you find the growth deltas. It's been politically been stated that you find the growth deltas in the independent party. Same. There's no, there's no, there's a, the UFC has completely, there's giving up and surrendering. The UFC has both given up and surrendered at trying to attract new blood. They don't care about the hardcore fans like us. And they don't really care. They don't really care about new blood because they've done analysis like nobody's business about even if we get every single extant viewer, 
We take, we steal some from WWE. We've stolen some from boxing. The ceiling of, of numbers of people who care about combat sports. I, I I was in a room full of fighters today, and I started mentioning names who fought Shogun Hoo-Ha, and I got blanks, blankety blank, blank fucking blanks. So if you're a hardcore like me, I got I gotta watch that thing with Shogun Hua. That was sad. How sad was it? Like that movie from the 60s, they shoot horses, don't they? That kind of sad. Yeah. So, so what's 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 left for us? What's left is look, you know, uh huh. 30-day plans, they come, they, they enrich the coffers, and they go. And when they come back, it's for some big fight that they're happy to be, and they're excited, and they demand very little. They tear their shirts off at the show. They feel like they know something if they're watching on their friends' houses. But I tell you, as a prisoner of conscience, last week I, I talked about it, and I re-reminded people at Care Don't Care that we recorded today. I didn't watch the last fight. I didn't watch Teixeira and, and, and Hill. Why would I pay $82? Hill is, is busy sucking up to the boss man by saying it's okay to slap women. And uh, and I'm putting money in the pocket of a guy who fundamentally slaps women, doesn't give a shit that he slaps women. He has to suffer with being known as a woman slapper. And that's really enough for him. So by hook or crook, I got to find some other way to watch. Or like I did, I prefaced the uh, care, don't care, previously said, I read every extant source the next day, up to and including y'all's tweets. And I developed, look, in the old days, people used to watch fights on the radio. Easily my contribution is not diminished by not having seen them with my own eyes. I might have missed something, but I can't. I can't keep eating the dog shit. Can't keep doing it. Paying to eat the dog shit. Can't keep doing it. Everything is dying. And if you think, if you think that, it's all about the nuts and bolts and dollars and cents as to why they picked Bloody Elbow. You might be wrong. You think about all of the slightly, I mean, we're not even talking about slightly, but you think of all of the opposition editorial. Let's just call it that. Opposition editorial, um, you know, to, to I just, just, I mean, just do and look a rough accounting of how much opposition has come from BE versus the ones that made it. And I'm talking about game-changing opposition editorial stuff that uh, 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 John Nash has done, stuff that Kareem Zidane has done, stuff that there's been some stuff that real journalists would have done. Trent writes with real journalists would have and have done in regards to the UFC, that the ones that are at Vanity Fair, Rolling Stone, it's too much of a deep dive for them. In other words, they've demanded that the UFC be, come under the same kind of scrutiny that any other multi-billion dollar organization in America comes under when there's a reason for it to, to, to be, to be, to be uh, examined. We don't really think about Exxon a lot until Exxon fucks up. Don't really think about uh, uh, Tesla too much until Tesla fucks up and burns people up in the car or something. You know, it gets the kind of attention it should, media attention. CEO slaps his wife. Uh, yeah. Who's that cat who just did that? Waterboard from uh, not Ren and Stimpy, the other show. Pay attention. But not in the red light district of sports. No, sir. Not there. I got to tell you, my whole side of my face, 
is that the lymph nodes here are swelling here. And like I said, the savagery of people I train with. You got to keep in mind when I say savagery of uh, uh, <laughs> when I say savagery, you have to understand that the savagery is pre is prefaced by the worst of most abusive. And I start off the roles with I said, listen, you know what the number one tool in my arsenal is? And the guy will say, yeah, usually a guy who's never rolled with me before. And I said, mockery. And the guys, that's that's funny. They only laugh for about one or two minutes. And then after about three minutes, it starts to get to them. Oh man, you 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 you're so good. Here, let me just tap to build your confidence. And the guys, really? And I go, no, you're so you're that good. Is it working? <laughs> so usually the savagery comes after about three minutes of that. <laughs> so I'm not saying I don't deserve it. I'm just saying my mouth hurts. Patron saying of mouth hurting, Robbie Lawler is telling me in my head to man up. So I'm manning up. I feel like I'm talking like Michael Corleone after he got his jaw broken, but that's neither here nor there. Everything is dying. That is my point. So the issue is, where do you want to spend your time on Golden Pond? <laughs> Everything's dying. You know, I'm going to keep chasing this, this fucking thing or not. No, 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 no. And I have some news. There's a guy who sued me, who tried to sue me, who I wrote about in the fight book. And he's a piece of garbage. And I'm not going to mention his name. If you're interested, you go to fight book. I compare him to Billy Blanks. Any case, he had this thing called uh, 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 P-O, uh, P-O-M-U-M, Popum, Pop-Off Mess-Up Man. And he trained with Dan Gable for a little, he wrestled for Dan Gable for a little bit. And he said, the pop off mess up man is somebody who talks about, talks shit about shit. And then none of it happens, right? Just blab a mouth, none of it happens. So my whole thing is to avoid being the pop off mess up man. I don't want to jinx anything, but in my, I've been working. Well, I've been getting paid for things called work. Since 1977, that's when my social security, like, you know, started taking taxes out for stuff I was doing. In that time, 1977, I have gotten absolutely zero jobs that I really want. I've gotten jobs I liked. I've gotten jobs that I wanted because I was in the hunt. But I tell you, I'm online to get a job that on paper, a hundred times out of a hundred, I'll go, man, I, I should be doing something like that. How do I get that kid? The guy who's got that guy's fucking lucky. I gotta, I gotta get in there. That's how I feel about it. That's why that's the whole shaving thing. And listen, for the video, uh uh no, I had a photo session for the cover of the magazine I'm going to be in in March, Alta Magazine. But I don't want all the gray sticking out, so I go to dye the hair. Of course, I do it. At, I don't have time to do it before the photo shoot, which is 10 o'clock on Monday, because I'm at jujitsu. So I say, I'm going to do it right after jujitsu. However, I'm such a fucking blabby mouth. I don't stop talking at jujitsu. I put the shit in my hair. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get there. I rinse it out too soon. So what was supposed to be black 
was purple. I said, okay, I'm going to wear the hat over the head and what little sticks out on the side will probably be red as black. So, and I, and I'll just let it grow out. It'll rinse out. Eventually I get a call from these people. The only job I've ever had since 1977, where I was like, I told them point blank, I want this. Because it was come down to you and five other people. So I would kill those people to get this. They laughed and I was like, what's funny? We're we're, We're in the last two years of my work existence. Before I retire to the pleasant hills of Spain. If it, for a good gig, I'd stay a little longer. I, this is, and I go, oh my God, I got purple hair. I can't do the interview with purple hair. Fuck. Well, maybe it reads as, it'll read as black. Nah, I'm not taking a chance. I'm going to shave it. You know, I'm going to shave it after class. The interview's at 10 o'clock. I'm going to shave it after class. And again, like I didn't learn the lesson from the purple hair, I'm talking and talking and talking and talking. Go, shit, I got to go. Start to shave with the shaver. Marty G helps me out, gets the back. Clippers go out. So now do I not only have purple hair, but I got a purple mohawk. And 25 minutes to fucking go. This is crunch time. And it's not even like an intentional mohawk like here. I shaved everything based on how my shoulders are working, which is sore. And I got hair and left hand. I'm not left-handed. So I just had like, let's just like patch of purple hair here. The fuck? The clippers break. I go, I'm going to go home. I don't have time to go home. Like once I walk through this door, I got to start the interview. Okay. What the fuck am I going to do? I, I, I try using the, the little shaver, the, you know, the, the, whatever that thing is called, you know, the, the, the handheld, whatever the raised, you know, the thing that you use, shave your fit. doesn't work. Fuck. No shavers in my bag. Foil shaver. None of They don't work. Got the straight razor. Sharp as fuck straight razor. Gotta do it. Some things you never want to say to your tattoo guy, which I've said before. Uh, no, man. I he he Marty cared about it and took the thing and his hair on his arm and he tried to juice the shit and did it come on? It didn't work. Straight razor. Let me tell you, it's incredibly sharp. Under the best of circumstances, you have to, when they, they have classes to teach you how to use a straight razor. And before the class starts, I knew a guy who took it. They said, do not touch your straight razor till I tell you to. My friend, of course, because he's my friend, had already picked it up and had cut himself. So I just say, fuck it, bro. Cut it. I'm bleeding like a pig. You can't even, it's, it's healed now, mostly. I Blood was running down my head. Fuck this. I got, I jump in, I can't even get the back. The back looks like a road, a topology of a, of hell. I jump in the shower, screaming the whole way because the blood and the, the, the soap. And say, get home, you know, put some stip dick on the, on the cuts on the head. <sighs> Take a breath, log on to the Zoom call, fucking aced it. Aced it. Follow on Tuesday. So I got every shit all straight by Tuesday. Uh, um, so I, I say this to say, I say this to say, you know, we have, we have in life, we have um, 
like your Zumba or your Roomba at home. The Zumba and Roomba are very different things. Your Roomba, you have cues and you have th things pulling you one direction or urging you to go another. There was a bear in that cave last time. Do not go in that cave again because there was a bear in that cave. There are things, there are things that tell you which way to go. Now, were I to get this gig, it is sufficiently high profile enough where I'm going to have to change anyway, certain things specifically. But one of the things I won't have to change is the broadsides I fire at the oopsie. That I can continue to do, but that has really limited appeal. You know what it's like? It's like the guy at the funeral screaming about how the guy whose funeral it is is a piece of shit every time they have that guy's funeral. Fortunately, in most instances, the guy has a funeral once. I mean, look, if you could tell me that there's anything other than Johnny Boney Joni that's not the same dog and the same pony, I'm willing to listen. But um, there is... And now they're talking about uh, John Nash uh, clued me into it. He said, are you going to watch this fight this weekend? The, the Spivak-Lewis uh, fight? He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to watch it because I, I'm going to be tuned into Bellator. I go, I stopped listening to Bellator when they got tough with me for printing the truth. I'm not I'm not your normal MMA media. I'm not printing your fucking press releases, okay? I got tape to back up what I said. And if you want me to go with that, and then the guy shifted, well, you don't want to hurt your friends. And at that time, I considered Kogan and Scott Coker friends. I'd done a couple of pieces on Coker and Co I'd done a, a, a knuckle up with Kogan. Later, I figured out, well, they were probably the ones who set the, the, the how, how is it the lawyer called me on the phone? Kogan had my number. He's the one who sicked them on me. Friends. But I said, what do you got? He goes, I'm watching R Ryan Bader and Fedor. Oh, man. Didn't Fedor retire? He's back. Having missed the most significant fight of his career. Tell me what you want about Fedor. That Randy Couture-Fedor fight would have been fucking fire. And they just, oofsie, just walked right by it. And listen, we're all addicts here. We're all addicts. You know, there's something in the mix that, you know, you kind of get like, hey, man, this is, you know, hey, 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 you heard of this thing called ice? <laughs> oh, you know what, man? What about dip? You know, you could take it, the angel dust, you dip it in formaldehyde. I mean, yeah, you, you know, if you're an addict, you're looking for new wrinkles. But the reality of it is, if you're really honest with yourself, outside of the, the Johnny Boney Joni story, there's nothing. Am I interested in uh, 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 Islam Volk? Yep. Like I'm interested in Izzy and Pereira too. But really? Really? $82? Really? Six hours out of my kid's life while I sit staring at my phone? Uh, I think, look, you're not, like I say about the layoffs, who people stay and getting maudlin. We had Kid Nate came in to, you know, the shoes fit a little bit. And I like Sandman Sims. Man, I got to come on, shake it out of here, beat it. We got a show to do. You're done. Finish. Get out. You got 15 minutes. Get out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. If you're watching Fury FC right now, you might be an addict. And that's like, listen, listen. I'm not a sentimentalist about this kind of stuff, you know? And like I say to people, unless you plan on dying at your desk, you're going to leave the job. You're going to leave to a new job. 
they're going to fire you. You're going to move up to another job. You just, nobody stays. And then ultimately you leave anyway. Do not get attached to these things. These My kids think I have autism because I don't seem to emotionally attach to anything. I said, I'm attached. I'm attached to you guys. I like you in my life. I don't want you to disappear. But, you know, these are these skin suits are rented. <laughs> I think you meant that naked lunch moment, not the naked Lydia lunch moment, but I'll take either. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's. Um, and if you take if you take the numbers that were there in existence for the professional slap league, while they were greater than the numbers of the first week, they were still represented a market drop off of the lead in show that came before them, meaning they're not picking up any numbers from the show before them. Not not at all. You know, somebody as an aside once described me as a clot of a vice. A clot, C-L-O-T, of vice, V-I-C-E. Do you know that's what they call? She, well, I don't. She doesn't. She called me this. Somebody called me this. That had become <coughs> choking. A clot of vice. What do you have to do to become a clot of vice? I can't think of what I've done. But maybe sleeping with her best friend was it? But. I said I was going to do it. It's not like I'm a sneaky cloud of vice. I don't know. I digress. The point is that we're, 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 we're in Shitsville, and we know it. Listen, listen. It's clear. It is clear that to a certain degree, combat sports-related items fill an emotional need for us. <laughs> yeah. They feel an emotional need for us. But you know what? I can have that need filled by uh, jujitsu. I love watching Gordon Ryan. Somebody said to me the other day, hey, you, you know what? I hear Gordon Ryan and, and is a real asshole. And who's that other guy? Craig, whatever. They're assholes. I go, and? I mean, more than MMA, I don't like them because they're nice guys. I like them because they're doing magical stuff on the mat. And the best part, who's that guy, the, the London fighter, uh, who accosted uh, uh, John Johnny Boy Jones at some fan fanfare in wherever he was. And I, and this is the reason why I love Johnny Boy Joni. And the guy's like, you, where are your boys now? And Johnny Joni, standing there alone, just says, don't hold him back. <laughs> ah, that was fucking chilly time. He's fighting for the same reason I'm watching him fighting. And when he goes, I go. That's it. That's it. There's no other reason. And the thing is, you know, after February 28th, you know, gravestone after gravestone, body after body. After February 28th, is Care Don't Care going to exist? I'm glad to continue doing Care Don't Care if I am paid to do Care Don't Care. So what does that leave? Well, that leaves a show stomper. 
I mean, I think about MMA enough as based on I didn't watch the fight last week. I didn't watch the Sharon Hill. Had no intention of tracking down the fight to watch it now. Certainly spent enough time talking about it and use it as a touchstone for other things I want to talk about in any case. I talked about Tom Brady enough. I haven't seen a single football game since 1997. So I enjoy this show more than I enjoy any MMA show. If the shoes fit is not even about MMA. So I'll still, I got big, bad, bad boss, bad boss brief still on Mondays at uh, uh, 1230 every other Monday at 1230. I got my podcast fixed, but what a BE with bloody elbow brought was opposition, uh, uh, opposition editorial to the UFSI will not be replaced because, and if you don't think the UFSI had something to do with this, you're absolutely wrong. You one of the biggest impediments to the, to the UFSI in the early days. And I know this because I know the principles involved. I was friends with a big Showtime guy and I was friends, uh, Western State sales uh, director was a good friend of mine. And they were in cahoots with who? John McCain, whose wife was all involved with Anheuser-Busch. And it was pretty much a blackout. If you if you want to lose any of your boxing money, Showtime, boxing, and you will put on this oopsie thing. In effect, freezing out the oopsie. And that was understood. Local newspapers, you want to put, you lose the boxing business. So that's hardball. That's fucking business. So the fact that BE was chosen to go down, effectively the only real op- opposition editorial for UFC, is not an accident. RoboCop style, fix it. They fix everything. So without BE around, without any opposition editorial, there's no MMA print. The awards will be given out, and you know they can't give them out to Hawani anymore because now he's no longer access Ariel. He's out. He can do what he wants because he's he's actually got enough of a following. It's not that easy to figure out how to kill him, though. Yeah, that's what they. That's what that. That's what. They, that's what Zane is saying, and that's what we're all hoping. So you know, the, 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 look. I mean, there are other ways to squeeze the air out of this thing. But if you haven't seen, this is this is Russian style politics. Nobody's interested in opposition editorial. Doesn't pay. I, I had I had when I was at EQ magazine, editor in chief at EQ magazine, I got a taste of that. And it was my ger- drummer who set you straight. He goes, You guys are a subscription service or advertising fuel? It was not uh, we make our revenue from ads. He goes, then those people who pay you, yeah, those are your bosses. You right to please them. I got the public's right to go fuck the public. If the public wants to exercise that right to know in a proper way, they'll subscribe to your magazine. Right now, most of your money is coming from the advertisers. They want to say it's a good mic. You say it's a good mic. You're bucking the system in the wrong fucking way. And I'm, I guarantee you that's the argument that's laid out. If they could, if three people could, could stymie, and for as many years as they stymied human cockfighting, it doesn't take many more than that to stymie it. The world is not better with BE in it. And I, it, it's, it's, it could be just performative. They don't understand. Oh, I seem like a monopoly because I'm squeezing out of the competition. You know, just 
create the illusion of let them say you clearly talk about how I'm so much the Baldwin clear talks so much about how he doesn't give a shit about this and I'm like give a shit about that really you don't give a shit about this and you don't give a shit about that but you pursue the slightest slights to the to the ends of the earth you are the most in the business in a business of petty small-minded men but you know I know the Turkish proverb as well Father comes home, tells his sons, oh, my God, somebody stole a chicken. And the son's like, it's all right, Dad, it's just a chicken. Next day, somebody comes back, they steal all the chickens. He goes, they stole all the chickens. Oh, Dad, it's all the chickens. We we got goats. They come back, they steal the goats. They say they stole the goats. Well, you know how the story ends. They burn the house down. They kill the mother. They rape the daughters. And the father says to his sons, see? This is the UFC. This is the UFC. This is where we are. And if you don't think this has an effect on your life, you're fucking wrong. I make that point in the sub stack today. You're wrong. And I didn't go deeper in it because I don't want to seem like a nut. But, and I remember a guy on the set of Leonard part six and I had a Walkman. <laughs> you guys, what are you listening to? And I said, oh, I'm listening to NWA. And he was a bodybuilder, but he was a religious type. He goes, you know what? You listen to shit, you become shit. I was like, you're out of your fucking mind, Larry. His name was Larry. But then I started to analyze it. I'm like, not the music so much. But I sit here at my desk and working from home, and I hear the sounds of the neighborhood. And then I, and the workday ends, and I'll take uh, the kid over to the park, and I hear guys just cooling at the park with their boxes. And then I hear to take the boxes and put them in the car and drive off in the car, and you have 24 hours of a soundtrack. And then you go home, you turn on a movie or something, and you don't feel like watching a movie. You play a first-person shooter game. We're we're a death-worshipping society. It's endless. It's endless fucking drumbeat. If I start saying peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, 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 butter Probably about 15 minutes in, you go like, God damn it. I know I feel hungry for something. What's that? You're not going to have a peanut butter sandwich. Scott Salzman, friend of mine, wouldn't listen to music. I said, what are you talking about? How do you not listen to music? He said, simple. You ever drive along in a car and watch the windshield wipers? And then pretty soon, whatever you listen to on the car radio starts to sound in tune to the windshield wipers. If you were to analyze your heartbeat, it's also syncing up with the windshield wipers and the music. That's why I don't listen to music. I want to be in charge of my own rhythms. Scott Salzman, 1978, said this to me. I mean, Eddie, uh, um, um, Eddie Goldman said it best. He remembers the early days. The early days, it was really like Bruce Lee and Mr. Han. Different styles. It was a tournament. It was like Enter the Dragon tournament style. Different styles. You know, you got guys who have barroom arguments. Black Belt Magazine was full of is Dimok the most dangerous martial art. Is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu the sixty thousand dollar Gracie offer to be anybody in Jiu Jitsu? It was, and then you had the guys that cut fighters and their styles coming in. Well, MMA is its own style now, but initially that was it was it was thrilling, and guys were trading. You know, they were trading tips and tricks, and it was it was actually like. Um, this great Chautauqua, combat Chautauqua. Now it's become a dirty, dirty fucking business. And I got news for you. I got news for you. Unlike other businesses, it's not like, man, I've become a pescatarian. 
really, man, you know what I could really, I really miss McDonald's. You know what I don't miss? McDonald's. I miss Italian sausages. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. JB read it. You should read it. He's exactly right. I miss Italian sausages. You just buy them in the store. You put them in the butcher. You put them, boom, cook them, have them pasta. It's great. But McDonald's, don't miss that. I don't miss Kentucky Fried Chicken. I think the last time I had Kentucky Fried Chicken must have been 1969. Don't miss it. And you will not miss the oofsie. Maybe there's another Johnny Boney Johnny, but that's the thing. That's the thing. The likelihood that there'll be another Johnny Boney Joni in the oofsie, zero. Because the party has changed. And the guys like Johnny Boney Joni who might have come to the party are not going to come to the party. I got other places to go. Other places to go. So, in other words, we're not leaving something that we're going to miss. We're leaving something that's left. Death is all around us. I can take you where you want to go. Listen, Monday at noon, Care Don't Care runs again. Could be the last month of it. I don't know. I haven't talked to Zane. Who knows? Monday, Care Don't Care goes goes noon. Right now, Substack, look what you made me do. Uh, Dead faces that look like mine, I think, is a headline or some such thing. That's up Tuesday night. If the shoes fit, I also have Oxbow band practice, and I also have the fifth interview of the only job in my entire life I've ever really wanted. That's a week right now. Took the photos already for Alta Magazine. That's done. Got my new piece into Decibel Magazine. That's done. Rest of the time, I'm spent finishing off my pieces for uh, Boonwell's uh, double double album, which comes out in 2024, called Mansitude. I have a few guest artists you might have heard. Jacob Banyan from Converge. Dwayne Dennison. Jesus Lizard. Timo Ellis is producing. Oxbows, Loves Holiday, finishing off the remaining five videos, fly to fly to Pittsburgh for one day to film my part in the video, Lovely Merc, Kristen, Kristen Hader from Lingua Ignota. So next 10 days are going to be pretty busy. I need to do something. I need to break down and get that, that shaver that my butt, that the drummer got. What is that German company? Germans have a lot of experience with shaving people quickly. But who wants to pay $300 for a shaver? But he says it's worthwhile. Oh, television, Tom Verlaine. Sorry, not Manscaped. No, 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 no. It's a German company. Uh, yeah, Tom Verlaine died. And and there's one thing I want to add to this, uh, Tom Verlaine. Um, I think Klaus Floride was the first one. He's generationally probably closer to, to Verlaine than I am. But I remember Verlaine playing when I was seeing shows in New York and I've seen him play. Uh, play before him and Richard Hell and those cats, and they're about 13 years older than me. So when I was going to shows at, you know, when I was 15 or 16, 
These guys were 29. They were like the coolest fucking. Yeah, Braun. Thank you. Braun makes it. They're the coolest fucking guys around. His last name, of course, is Miller, not not Verlaine. But he did it in tribute to the Romantic Poets, which is something that, you know, Patti Smith was all steeped in. And just kids, you got to read Patti Smith's book. And then you got to come talk to me about um, about the Son of Sam murders. And then we can... <laughs> And Maplethorpe and still calls that people get who bought guns from me because they feel threatened by this and her incredible blindsidedness about what Maplethorpe was really up to. But I, yeah, we're at the end of the show. I'm not going to get into conspiracy land. Otherwise, we're two hours in. But Verlaine, um, Verlaine and uh, Rice Chatham and some of these guys, I, I'm still friends with Rice Chatham online. Um, we're doing some. And of course, yeah, Richard Lloyd, who was a Stuy graduate, my high school, Stuy High. Stuyvesant, it's a real interesting time, did real interesting things. I, I, and television was a great band, um, but I have the same feeling in general. I have the same feeling when I look at them as when I look at um, the bad, uh, bad Brains or Black Black Flag and to a lesser degree. Um, they could have done so much more. They could have done so much more. And I don't know, and I don't want to blame the victim here because all of us have to shuffle away from these skin suits sooner or later. But the reality of it is that, um, I don't know, I wish these guys would have acted like, the nihilism is all well and good, but I wish they would have acted like you're going to be around for a bit. And this, this now brings us full circle to Eric Martin, who didn't take care of his health, and the weight gain and the cigarettes and the, you know head drugs that they give you and all of these things kind of contribute. I'm not saying I'm living the purest life. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> you got to pick your vi- you got to pick your vices. I haven't taken them all. I take them maybe now and then. Yeah, Quine, Robert Quine, all these cats. They were actually really phenomenal. And you know what I think? While New York made them possible, what they should have done is gone out to LA and gotten rich. New York made them possible, LA will make you rich. Who am I thinking of? Hoskins, Mark Hoskins. The founder of who? Bauhaus. People are like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, Peter, oh, you know what? Hoskins has made a shitload of money. You know, doing what? Writing music for video games. <laughs> make your name in New York, make your money in LA. That's what, what can I tell you? Scruffing around and living in Jersey, smoking cigarettes and dying at 73, not for me. Nothing wrong with New Jersey. Nothing wrong with New Jersey. You got to make the money. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Um, big fan. Listen to some television if you can. I still can't reconcile myself to the photos of him as an older man. I was like, fuck is that? Everybody in my mind exists as they were when I first came to know them. Then the, uh, Black Slacks, Robert Gordon. They had some pictures of him before he died. I was like, who the fuck is that? Oh, it's Robert Gordon. Link Ray. Link Ray held it together. So did the uh, cat uh, Lux Interior. Held it together. Considering how young he died, sort of amazing. Anyway, thanks for listening. The kid is still sleeping, so I will quietly exit the show. Do not die. That is not an idle caution. Do not die between now and next week. We'll see you then. Look what you made me do. <laughs>